Hello and welcome to season 6 of the Global Career Schools, the podcast of the University of London Career Service devoted to professional and academic journeys, narrated by employers, University of London alumni and students from around the world. This season's spotlight is technology and, more precisely, the transformative impact of AI in the current and future work market. We hope you enjoy this season. In this episode, Liz will interview Sebastian Ramirez, a current student from Venezuela enrolled in a bachelor's degree in computer science from the University of London. Sebastian and Liz will talk about his motivation to pursue a degree in computer science with specialism in AI and machine learning, about his decision of opting for a remote course, and about his recipe to balance work, life and online learning effectively. Hope you enjoy the call! Hello, Sebastian. It's a real pleasure to meet you in person. To get us started, please could you tell me about yourself in a couple of sentences, who you are, where you're calling from, and what's your link to the University of London? Hi, Elise. Um, I'm Sebastian Ramirez. I'm calling from Venezuela, and I'm a student in the Bachelor of Science Computer Science offered by University of London through, through the, the academic leadership of Goldsmith. Great. So can you tell me a little bit more about your experience uh, as a BSc computer science student with the University of London? Why did you choose to study computer science? Well, so far, it's been a great experience. I've learned a lot. I have a chance to um, interact with lots of um, amazing teammates from all over the world. And the reason why I chose computer science, well, since young age, I knew this was what I like wanted to do. And when I discovered programming, I started doing some courses and I felt it was my thing. I like it and programming, I mean, having an idea of a software and then developing it, solving all the bugs and all of that until you reach a working software. And when you see that software running with what you wanted it to do from the very beginning, it's one of the most satisfying feelings in the world. So that's what I like about computer science. That's fabulous. And one of the things I wanted to ask you was what you found most exciting. So I think you've given me a bit of that already. But is there anything else you'd like to talk about, what you find exciting on on your particular course? Well, of course, I find working on projects very exciting. Um, In this program, you have the chance to work through many different projects where you can showcase your creativity, where you can test your problem-solving skills to uh, put your idea into into a program. But also something very exciting about this program is the chance to meet classmates from all over the world. And just like every University of London program, which reach to people from all over the world, and the, the Bachelor of Science Computer Science does. And I have had the chance to meet people from all continents and from different backgrounds and getting to know them, know their story, learn from them, from their experiences. It's one of the things uh, that gets me excited. And I think that leads on very naturally to a question I want to ask you about the, not only the technical skills you're learning, of course, in, in a program such as computer science, but also the sort of soft or transferable um, skills such as communication or project management. What do you feel in the, those soft skills you're really developing on your course? Well, first of all, I would say discipline, time management, those are things that when you are an independent learner, they are key 
and you need to develop them. Otherwise, you won't be successful in, in, in such a program because, well, you need to set your schedule. You need to know how long you're going to spend doing a lecture. So I think that's one of those soft skills that's very important. Besides that, as I said earlier, you are in a global uh, environment and talking with people from all over the world. So you, you, you learn how to communicate with that. And also in my case, during the previous academic year, I was part of the Google Student Google Devel uh, Developer Student Club uh, chapter at the University of London. So that also helped me to, uh, well, go beyond with my communication skills and helping organizing events for other students who wanted to learn more about tech. So that keeps uh, developing. Even when um, tech is, okay, you need to know all these hard skills. Um, this degree also gives you the opportunities to, to get... Um, soft skills as well. But that's really interesting. And I know that some of our listeners would love to hear a bit more about the Google Student Developer Activity you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that worked? Of course. So the Google Student Developer Club, um, also known as GD, is one of the Google communities. Well, I was part of the core team. So there's a lead and there's a core team who helps the lead. So the objective of this club is to organize events for the community. So so they can learn about Google technologies or anything related to tech. So in my case, personally, I work on two events and one series which in which uh, we did interviews to professionals in computer science who, and classmates of ours um, that had some experience in working in the field. So uh, other people could learn from the insights. They could ask questions. And that was very, very cool. And the other one was chip chat, was many short um, clips of, I just explained the difference between concepts that, uh, concepts that newies um, in, into the field can be confused. So words that look similar or those kind of things, we talk about that. So it was very nice talking with my core team, organizing the events, getting to know the people we, we were going to interview. So all of that was a very, very good experience. So that's a great example of developing your skills while you study and also great examples of peer learning and how showing how in any sort of group of students, there's people with a whole range of experiences and learning from each other. You know, what a tremendous thing to do. And so before we sort of move away from your sort of ex specific experience as a student, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about what does a typical study day or a study week look like for you? Well, so I'm a full-time student and a career starter. So my main focus is, um, so when I get up early in the morning, I'm an early bird, as they say. Maybe I check my phone for news, for messages, check my email, then I eat breakfast, and that's when I sit down to maybe doing a lecture, watching a lecture, and doing readings and such things. I usually allocate two hours for that, for watching a, in my weekly lecture for a module. And then maybe take a break, talk to somebody or do exercise. And then in the afternoon, I come back to it, do the do a reading or keep working on anything I had to do. Like, for example, if I have a pro programming assignment, those takes longer. So you sit down and think about what you have to do and so on and so forth. So that's more or less how a day looks for me. Actually, I wrote, I wrote a write talking in detail about one of my days. 
And I think that's just really reassuring because some of the people listening to this podcast might be thinking about studying a distance learning qualification in computer science. And I think what I pick, pick up from that is it's really important to to structure your time. And that's a very you know good preparation for the way that you will have to structure your time if you go on to work in sort of IT development. And just one more on this. I wanted to ask you a little bit about sort of studied life balance. So there's always, whether you're studying computer science or whether you're working in technology, you know, there's always more you could be doing. So how do you keep yourself, you know, healthy and sane with, you know, in such a demanding discipline? Yeah, well, first, something I'm lucky is that I love what I do. So for me, studying, reading, learning those things, I don't feel that as, as heavy. So I love that. I enjoy doing that. Something I say, I could do this all day. But of course, we cannot do those things all day. You, you need to rest. You need to and give your brain some time to you know, absorb those concepts so it's ready to learn new things. So I just keep studying. And when my session is over, then I move on to something else. And I try to keep active with my hobbies. Like I like... Um, I, learning new languages, for example, or and watching baseball. And that's one of my passions. So I, I keep doing that. Or, you know, when, when I'm done, I just go downstairs and talk with my family, have a little chat there. So that's it. It's like, it's not about, you know, cramming all day in front of a computer, but also taking breaks and doing things you enjoy. So that's the balance. And I do think that it sounds a very healthy attitude and something that will stand you in good stead in the intense environment of working in technology. So let's sort of moving a little from your experience now as a full-time BSE computer science, although already doing quite a lot of enriching activities and clearly managing your time and your energy well. But, you know, you have ambitions, you're doing this, you love the subject, so it's likely you're going to want to work in technology. Can you tell us a bit about your sort of longer-term career ambitions and, and how they relate to your local labour market? Well, so in, in terms of uh, the, the job I would like to get in the future, so there are two ways. And one way is maybe getting an opportunity um, maybe in the United States or in, in the UK. But mostly I would say uh, what I see myself the most is in working from home, as like working remotely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very similar to what other um, people who are into software engineering, software development here in Venezuela or in many countries of Latin America are thinking. So remote working. And mm-hmm. so and I'm already getting used to it because studying a degree remotely, I think that kind of prepares you for working remotely. And I think that's a really great example of how those self-management skills that you have to do in remote study are preparing you for that sort of self-management skills you have to do working in a a remote or a a hybrid environment. And you talked about software development, but can you tell me a little bit more about are there any particular parts of IT and software development that you're particularly interested in? Of course, software engineering was the thing that got me into computer science. Um, that was the first thing I saw, and I, I said, I love this. I want to do this. But when I joined the degree, I started reading a bit more about other fields, and machine learning and AI caught my eye. That's uh, something I'm interested into, and even I chose that specialism. In this program, you have six specialisms to choose, 
So I decided to go for machine learning and AI. And right now I'm entering into level six, my last year, where you learn about your specialism. So I'm moving on, trying to learn more about uh, the inner workings of machine learning and all of that. This is such a fast moving field. So I really am asking you to sort of jump in a time machine. But if we you know, we go forward, say, five, seven years or 2030, what area of technology would you like to be working in and having an impact on? Well, I would say machine learning and AI is today. It's something that, well, with ChatGPT appearing and all large language models, everyone's talking about AI. So, of course, makes a breakthrough through it or implementing technologies um, that use AI to help people. So that's also having an impact. So that's interesting. Besides working, now that you'd say, talk about where I see myself in five, seven years, um, I would also like to do a master's. So after completing this this degree and getting some work experience, I'm interested in getting a master, going beyond um, into my education, learning more things um, because I love learning. And so that's all another thing I see myself doing in the next five, seven years. And you know, it's always a field that's always moving on. So doing a bit of specialization and deeper knowledge, I'm sure, will help your career. And so you mentioned about using AI to help people. Now, some people in the technology industry, you know, they work across sectors because what they're working is they're working in the tech. And sometimes that's applied to health and sometimes that's applied to finance. And other people tend to sort of work in technology, but within a particular sector. Is is there a particular sort of application a sector in which technology is applied that interests you most? Or are you thinking you might work in a whole range of things? Well, honestly, I think that I will work in a wide range of things. Um, there is no other specific field I feel like riveted about. I, I think I can do I want to do computer science in this specific niche. It's not like that. I'm very open to to apply my computer science knowledge to any area where I can. Super. Well, let's just have a little look. And it's a really, you are the future of the industry. I mean, one of the reasons we were so keen to get you on the pod is that in, and in 10, 20 years, you are going to be the people who are shaping the technology field. So I just wanted to get your perspectives in terms of the sort of IT industry and how it is changing our world. Is there anything that you think is particularly interesting, particularly perhaps from a, a Latin American perspective? Well, so I think the industry is being changed by AI. It's definitely, I mean, it's a player that it's been here for a while. So this, when they appear, they change everyone's perspective perspective so i think the industry is gonna change depending on like how ai impacts everyone working in the field and in the case of latin america and well latin america is a very important market i think and it's been growing i was reading some reports since 2016 it's been growing a lot there's the brazilian market which is very big but it's kind of separate from the last of latin america because we are this language barrier. They speak Portuguese, we, we speak Spanish. We could get to uh, understand each other, but in general, well, when you need to learn a language, of course, there's a barrier sometimes. Um, but in the rest of Latin America, there's markets like Mexico, Colombia, Argentina, Uruguay, who, well, they have created great software. There's definitely some growth there that still can be done, but it's rising, I would say, it's, it keeps growing and yeah. 
So the impression I'm getting, and it's really helpful to hear you articulate between the Portuguese speaking market and the Spanish speaking market. But what I hear you say is in context of the Latin and, and perhaps middle American Spanish speaking market, that actually that there are more opportunities for people who want to work in software development. Is that is that the sense you're you're getting as you come towards the end of your degree? Yes, I would say that it's mostly about developing software. I was reading a report um, earlier this week about it. And yeah, many big companies have created software. There are many success stories. Definitely there are many applications for delivery or um, like where you can post your things to sell them. Like let's say I want to sell a non-computer, I can post it in that uh, website. So they were created in Latin America in a, in a specific country and they reach out to the whole continent. So um, that is why I say software development is, is a key player. And also, well, one of the good things about Latin America is that we are uh, in the same time zone as the East Coast of the United States. And I think anywhere in the United States, well, you, you have a manageable uh, time difference with Latin America. So it opens the opportunity for us to in collaborate with American companies to de develop software. So Definitely, I think that developing software is one of the things that we, we can do well, very well in these markets. So that's really exciting. And just, just the sort of perspectives we were hoping that, that, that you would share with us from your perspective, because you know, I'm sitting here in London and you're, you know, you're we're talking to me from Venezuela. And that idea that actually there's both the opportunities. So what I hear you saying, you're seeing, you know, more firms, more opportunities within the Latin American market, which themselves are made more possible because it's it's they can sell their services in a very time zone convenient way to the American, particularly to the American East Coast. And I think that that understanding of the sort of practicalities of business that sort of drive the creation of opportunities is really, really valuable to share. So before we sort of close off this sort of part of the conversation is there anything else you'd like to sort of share about what you see as the challenges and opportunities of working in technology in the latin american market well so the opportunities i've already stated some so there's in many emerging markets like mexico colombia uruguay argentina where um companies that say there are offices from companies like google or amazon so they are they're getting bigger um, but also there's opportunity to do remote work for the United States. The challenges, on the other hand, well, first of all, is internet connection. And this is getting better and better, but not everyone in Latin America has a strong internet connection. And sometimes it could fail. And so it's it that's a challenge for, for many people who would like to do remote work because if you're working remotely, your internet cannot fail for a second during your work time. Another challenge is also, well, uh, salaries, because sometimes when you see job postings, you see that an engineer from uh, the United States or Europe earns much more than a Latin American engineer. Maybe, uh, I mean, up to the double than a Latin American engineer. And even when we can offer competitive prices, um, because we are in a different region, different life expenses, um, I mean, we simply serve fair pay. So that's one, one of the challenges here. And also is that some people, when they ask for projects, they don't know uh, what they ask about. Of course, you, as a software engineer, you need to gather requirements and all do all this process. But the thing is, 
that sometimes they offer you $200 for a piece of software, it's worth $1,000. So that's like an idea that needs to change in, in, in the market. Really insightful stuff there. And I suppose given that, and I'm sure that some of our listeners really resonate with some of the challenges and structural barriers that you're mentioning, and thinking about people like you at the start of their computer science career, your career starters like you coming to the end of their program, you know, is there any advice that you would share to say, how can people sort of navigate this market, particularly if, if they're placed in a region such as Latin America and they're hoping to sort of work in, in this sort of remote fashion as you do. Any thoughts on the good approaches? Well, speaking of the mindset of a computer scientist, I would say, first of all, problem solving. I mean, that's one of the things, but you need to be ready for an always changing world. I mean, it applies to every industry, but more so in tech where uh, maybe one, two years ago, you were using a framework and nowadays it's kind of outdated. And you need to update your setup abilities. And what and that's something you need to keep going over and over and over again, knowing what's uh, going on in the market and learn about it, read about it. So that's something you always need to do. And of course, as, as always, resilience. Uh, many times you will hear a no from your interview. You send a resume, maybe you don't get an answer. So when, when trying to get a, a job, that's something you definitely have to to have, like be resilient and not worry. Maybe they say not to you today, but they will say yes tomorrow. And, and resilience is something that, you know, we hear a lot about, particularly in a very changeable market. And the technology market is somewhere where there is sometimes boom. And then suddenly there are layoffs because it's very much driven by a volatile market demand. So in, to, in resilience, and I'm sure you've had to sometimes show resilience in, in your experience of your study. So how do you maintain your res, resilience? How do, when you're faced with setbacks, what are your strategies for sort of going forwards? Well, my case, personally, I don't feel I have any big setbacks or failing my degree. My experience has been wonderful. But, well, definitely, I would say consistency is important for me. So I always stick to my, try to stick to our routine because, well, our semesters are a bit long. So, of course, you, sometimes you need to get a bit ahead to have enough time for your assessments um, or avoid getting getting behind after your assessments. That's something that happens to a lot of people. So planning ahead is very important for you. Oh, for me, it's been very important. So sort of, you know, you're giving yourself a little bit of margin can sort of help you know, maintain sort of consistent yeah. and I think that's true in your computer science study and I think it's also true in technology work to sort of just try and operate it so you've got a bit of margin particularly in project management for when you know things go wrong as as they as they will and you know I'm loving what you're saying about you know the the sort of the attitude um that it's useful to have and I wanted to pick up particularly on collaboration skills. So we're doing a big piece of work in the university and Chris has on collaboration skills. And so I really wanted to ask you what collaboration skills means to you. Well, of course, collaboration is very important in IT because when, while you program alone on your with your computer, um, you're going to create great software by yourself. You need to collaborate with a team, people with different and skills and strengths to make, make it work. So one of the good things about this program is that 
get the chance to work in teams. Um, I've completed um, two modules in which um, you work with a team from students from different parts of the world and also well, different um, past experiences and also different time commitments. So not everyone is a full-time student. Others who are doing this part-time or they have a full-time work and once they are done with the work, they go to Coursera to work on the program. So that's a challenge, of course, but it helps you develop um, these in collaboration skills and hosting meetings, understanding what's the right uh, time for, for a meeting and like how long to spend on it, optimize it because you want to meetings that last two hours, but also you don't want meetings where you only say the bare necessary and when you finish it and when you leave, you say, oh, I missed this. Oh, I had to say this. So it's all about that. It gives you the experience of trying some things out and then reflecting on them. So, okay, maybe when I get, get to work, see something I can improve. So it gives you that, that, that experience. That's really, really, really helpful and, and I think will resonate with many people's ex- experience. So thank you for that. So we're coming towards the end of our time. So I just want you to think back. You're, you're now in the final year of your degree. But if you think back about um, when you started, what would be the one piece of advice that you'd give to your younger student self as you started this journey? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Well, honestly, I would say that five years ago, I felt a lot of uncertainty about what I was going to do after finishing high school. Um, I wasn't sure uh, where, I'm, where I was going to study and which specific degree I was going to study. I knew computer science was my thing, but well, um, there are many degrees in, in this range. So I would say, well, um, it's all going to come together eventually. Um, and yeah, you will get to a place where you learn a lot. Um, well, you meet a lot of amazing classmates at no, you can learn from their experience and you get to interact with them. And yeah, so that's it. It will be like, like giving spoilers from a movie, but I would say that <laughs> that's what I would say. <laughs> I think that's great. And also bringing out that element of student community. And I think likewise, I think it's very transferable to the people who are now making the transition from their degree into their first work role as you can often see you can see that it's going to be a challenge at work but what you don't see are the great colleagues that you're going to collaborate and work with and just finally so this podcast and some of the clips that we'll take from it will be heard by many people starting their computer science journey and is there any further advice that you'd give to somebody who navigating that journey yes well it's a little practice you can watch a video but um, that video won't do its effect unless you practice, unless you sit down um, and work through through things. In my case, it happens a lot that I, I'm watching lectures and learning the code. Okay, okay, it's fine, it's fine. But it's, it, it isn't until the midterm where I digest everything because during the midterm is where you need to put all those concepts, all those um, programming techniques into practice and that's where you get it. But of course, it's not something that happens, you know, from one day to the other. It's a process. And of course, computer science, is it's, we, we say that it's an abstract field because you don't see what you're, you're doing. It's not like, let's say, in architecture where you're building a, a structure and you make a drawing of it and eventually you can see it with your own eyes. With software, it's not like that. With software, we are, um, you use programming languages for them. So 
get into that mindset and practice it about that and trying to get those concepts about practice, 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 and reaching out for help anytime you need. And it can be to your teachers, it can be to your classmates, but whoever can help you, you should try it out. People are very open to help you if you know how to share what you're struggling with correctly. If you let them know all the details, if you say, okay, I'm trying this, but I don't know how what to do next. If they know how to do it, they will be more than happy to help you. Thank you. And such a positive note to end on. And, and throughout you know, the things I've taken away from listening to you about the importance of studying working community, the importance of being organized and consistent when you're working, studying and working um, in in tech and also the, the importance of being open and always learning new things, which I think is why so many people studying and working in tech find it such an interesting area. Thank you so much for your time today and for your insights, which I'm sure will be very inspiring and valuable to our listeners. And I'd like to close this by wishing you every success in your study, Sebastian, and every success in your career development. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. Goodbye. Thank you very much for having me today. I enjoy recording it and I hope that everyone who listens to this finds interesting insights and, well, keep it going. I, I hope that if you are listening to this and you're still in computer science, that, well, you can join me in the workforce tomorrow. So wish you the best to everyone who's listening the, to this podcast. Fabulous. Thank you very much. This was the sixth season of the Global Career Schools podcast, brought to you by the University of London Career Service, this time devoted to technology and artificial intelligence. You can find our episode on your favorite streaming platform, including Acast, Spotify, Amazon Music and Apple Podcast. All links and resources are in the notes. This episode was hosted by Liz Wilkinson, edited and presented by me, Bushra Janu. We'll publish more episodes in the following weeks with some inspiring stories from our global graduate and student cohort, so please subscribe. Thank you for listening and join us next time for a new Global Career Call.